Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petri. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code slam the gavel for 10% off your first year of urgent assist. And this is available in all 50 states. I have another announcement. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away last fall of 2022. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to the Italian Social Services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will then be taken away from the only family he has ever known. <clears throat> and we have Judge Ann Donnelly to thank for this, please call Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390. That's Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390 to please keep Bradley here safe in these United States. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. I have a brand new guest on. I have Felix Leo Campos on. And he has been a key figure in the formation of access centers in New York City, beginning with Manhattan Neighborhood Network where he also served on his board of directors. He's worked in the industry with noted professionals such as Ted Nathanson, NBC sports director and multi Emmy award winner. His studio production experience was honed in the com commercial sphere at Solomon Smith, Barney and BET. During his production career, he focused on promoting cultural entertainment and artistic events as a way of attracting new audiences to galleries, museums, in cultural centers in neighborhoods where the mainstream dared not to tread. This eventually led Felix to join other community investors and neighborhood stakeholders in forming La Forteza Community Development Corporation, whose focus is implementing arts and culture as vehicles for economic development and cultural maintenance in ethnic communities. We're going to have a great conversation. We're going to talk about non-custodial parents, and the aim of the narrative is to bring attention to the double standard and institutionalized abuses that, you know, moms and dads are facing in these community family uh, kangaroo divorce courts. And I totally welcome you to the podcast, Felix Leo Campos. How are you doing this morning? Thank you, Marianne, for the invitation for having me on the show. Uh, I'm alive, well, still walking on two legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank God, you know, thank God for that. <laughs> Absolutely. To get through all of this and what we all have been through and these um, um, systematic abuses brought on by the family court system and sometimes via through CPS. Yeah. And, some, and, and here in New York, CPS is known as the uh, Administration for Children's Services, ACS. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It did have another name, by the way. Um, I'm trying to think of what it was, and I can't because it was so long ago. And, and what what spurred that change was a rash of foster parent abuses of children that were in their care. Most notably, and this is the one that I guess broke the camel's back, 
is that of a four or six year old Eitan Pass in, in Manhattan. Uh, his parents were uh, were arrested. They uh, they were prosecuted. They were incarcerated, and uh, that shone the light on the failures of of uh, um, ACS uh, to care for children that were under their their custod their their care um, through through the foster parent system, mm -hmm. and uh, and and that isn't uh, only true with ACS, but it's also true with a lot of other agencies and third party uh, organizations that, that uh, navigate, or not navigate, but that, that, are, but that serve uh, with a family and divorce court. Mm -hmm. Right, and uh, also um, the Thomas Falva case as well. In Long Island, yes. Yes, that, that's, uh, and, and I'm, for the life of me, I, I, I can't understand why you would keep a kid in a garage. No. In all fairness, I, I don't understand that. Uh, especially if you know that the garage is, is not heated. Yeah, I mean, he could have, I think he, he died of uh, hypothermia. He could have died of carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm -hmm. You're in a garage. So why would you keep a kid in the garage? Send them to his room and close the door, but that's not what they did, and so the child paid the price. Yeah, very sad, very sad situation. Um, I I don't know how you feel about it, but I just feel CPS and family court should just be abolished. Actually, I'm not far from them. Um, I think that we need these kinds of institutions because there are bad parents. Not any not. Not so much criminally intended, mm -hmm. but they're they're uh, uh, neglectful, mm -hmm. and to the best of their knowledge and maybe also ability, this is how they can correct bad behavior or children. Um, this is the best way that they can handle that that the situation, and so children children lose their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, so we do need them, but mm -hmm. need those agencies to be held accountable. And that uh, that absence of accountability, and I'll add also supervision, are two key components of advocates for change. I say change. Other advocates will tell you reform. That's not that's, that doesn't go far enough. For mm -hmm. me, reform is wearing clean underwear over an unwashed behind. Thank oh, you. Mm -hmm. So we need clean behinds. And we need clean underwear. <laughs> exactly. Well put. <laughs> no, I agree. Don't blush. Don't blush. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I totally agree with you. You could have sent that any better. Because Thank everyone's you. saying, you know, oh, we need family court reform. No, I mean, this is a well-oiled machine that knows exactly what it's doing to these parents. And they are running people through the mill and dragging cases out. They are letting um, opposing counsels uh, terrorize and um, go after, you know, a, a target parent mm -hmm. to the point where they off themselves. Yeah, they commit suicide. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, suicide is a is is a big factor uh, among men as that. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 
the uh, cases of murder suicide is because of the stress that that dads are going through. In particular, that women, on the other hand, when they face the same pressure, suicide is not it, it is not as big as it is among men. What women do is that they have nervous breakdown and then they find a BFF, a best friend forever, a confidant that then they can pour their guilt, their their their, their sorrow to. And, and 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 that's how it it's a gender difference. Or or women or women try to take pills and they fail. And they fail at the suicide. But then the, then then you've got the case of Catherine Kasanoff, whose ex was a, a litigator himself went after her for four years over this long drawn out thing, abusive to the kids, 20 videos of him screaming. I don't know if you've seen those. No, I haven't. Oh, oh yeah. I'll have to send you some of those. And, uh, you know, he drove her into the ground and I, well, I mean, parents, uh, she, she eventually did assisted suicide in Switzerland. Okay. Uh, she was diagnosed with a third, out of uh, terminal breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And un- unfortunately, these her three children now are left with their father, who is doing nothing but screaming at her all the time, and the kids. But I think I, you know, uh, again, uh, collusion always plays a part in these 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 cases. Yes. Because it's never done alone. You mentioned assisted suicide, and, and, and I remember Dr. Kevorkian up in uh, Washington State who was advocating for assisted uh, suicide. Uh, 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 and, and, you know, I think, I think he was prosecuted and jailed himself. But, you know, there are, there are some things that, that, that are fell under the category of gender difference. And, and, and like I said, I think that uh, under the same stresses, women look, uh, women grieve. Uh, um, they 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 bear their souls to, like I said, a, a friend, a confidant, and men commit suicide. So sometimes, sometimes murder, uh, suicide by cop, as it's called. Mm-hmm. You know, just go off in the street with a stick, knowing that somebody is going to think that that's a weapon, a knife, uh, and and they'll just rush or rant and rave until some some police officer pulls the trigger and they fall. Mm-hmm. And these are pressures that, like you said, they're, they're not, they're, they're a system. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the family divorce court judiciary and its third party tentacles, as I call it, um, play, a, play a major, major role. And, and, and for some people, they say that the, the system is broken. And I think you, you, you alluded to it and said it correctly. It functions as it supposed to. For its own interest. Mm-hmm. It's not broken. Right. So Doesn't it need to be rendered. Yeah, it, it needs to be abolished. I think, I mean, this I don't I don't know how you feel, but I think it should be taken down to civil court where a parent can have a, a six-man jury. Six-person jury is fine by me. Doesn't they don't have and these days I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything further. Six-person jury. You know, the, 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 and, and this is this again. This is part of supervision and oversight. No one holds the courts accountable. Mm-hmm. One, one advocate was telling me about uh, uh, a case, and I'm trying to get the name correctly, uh, of a minor, a girl, 
a minor who appeared in court uh, without counsel, as I understand it, or as I remember it, without counsel, the judge had ordered her to undergo a procedure, medical procedure. She didn't know what medical procedure she was going to under, uh, undertake. And when she became of age and got married, and she and her husband tried to conceive, that's when she found out that the procedure was a hysterectomy. Oh. And she went off to um, uh, to, take, to to sue the judge, sue the court. It went to the Supreme Court, and they voted five five to four, I think, five to four that you cannot sue judges. The reasoning being, and it's the same reasoning that the healthcare industry has. If you hold judges so accountable, they can't do their job. And that was the, the argument that the hospital administrators, surgeons, doctors, the, the unions, et cetera, were talking about with healthcare and, and medical malpractice. But in the, if, 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 if you, you, did you, did you ever see uh, Terry Gilliam's uh, uh, Brazil, Terry Gilliam is one of the Monty Python's flying circus members. No. Okay. There's a there's a, it's a movie about mistaken identity. I'm I'm gonna leave it at that. But okay. that that had happened often because I want people to see the movie. It's a funny movie. You got to pay attention to the movie to understand the humor, which is what I enjoy. But but you have to see the humor. And and there have been dozens, if not thousands, of cases of hospital just operating on the wrong on the wrong uh, uh, patient. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody dropping uh, an E for an A, and they got the wrong patient. Um, a chart being misread, and so limbs were removed, organs were removed. Exactly. All, all accidentally. I in family. Oh, oh, exactly. I when I was at work, I opened up a chart and I was looking at it. I was looking at the progress notes. I'm going, wait, this this doesn't sound like the patient I'm taking care of. And then I looked at the tag. Had a different patient's name on it. Was just put in the wrong chart. Put in the wrong chart, and, and sometimes it's misspelling or you or the scribble of someone's handwriting, and you, yes. and like I said, you 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 mistake an A for an E or an O, and it changes the person's name. Mm -hmm. This is why, and and this it's a practice that should be done in both family and divorce court, and, and like I call all its tentacles. When you go into a, 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 a when you when you visit a doctor. The receptionist takes your name, you sit down, the nurse calls you in and, and tells you, uh, or asks you for your name, she types it in, your date of birth, she types it in, your address, she types it in, she asks you, uh, uh, what, what's wrong? And you say, I, I, I hurt my arm, and, and every time I do this, it hurts. Well, the nurse will say, well, don't do this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then she said, well, step out, wait for the doctor to call you. The doctor comes in, calls you, and says, uh, could you give me give me your name? Spell it for me. And if it's not identical to what the nurse wrote, that's a signal. Mm -hmm. What's your date of birth? If it's not the same, what the nurse wrote, that's a signal. What's your address? Mm -hmm. If that's not the same, as the, that's called verifying. Mm -hmm. Doctors have to do that. As a matter of fact, here in New York, in Long Island, there's a case of a pediatrician who lost his practice uh, uh, um, because the documents 
that he had to, to prove his case as evidence were not verified. They weren't reviewed. You can go to the uh, child support collection enforcement. Oh, tell yeah. them that you have that you have a problem that your employer that your employer um, hasn't paid you in X number of payroll periods, and they'll tell you, well, you know, we in our notes you have a block on your uh, 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 your name. You owe credit cards, you owe the IRS. Well, the only other reason for it is perhaps you have a family, a child support issue. Go to the child support issue, a child support enforcement unit, have them remove the block, and we'll pay you what you should have been receiving, and we'll pay them the difference. Fine. But there's no obligation. When you sit at the family uh, or the, the child support collection enforcement unit for them to verify your place of employment. <laughs> and so you continue not to get paid. And then what they'll tell you, well, you have to navigate the system in order to find someone to help you. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do? All you need to know is who's responsible for putting blocks on stoppages on payroll and whose, whose authority is it to remove it. And refer me, not, this is what, this is the difference between uh, healthcare uh, uh, and, and family court. In healthcare, you're referred to someone. That doesn't happen in, in family divorce court situation. And, and, and so, you need the child support collection enforcement unit, which is a misnomer. <laughs> and the reason is that there is no enforcement of collection of child support. What there is enforcement of is payment. But study economy and finance, and, 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 and what you learn is that enforcing payment, payment, but not that collection doesn't resolve the debt. It's reciprocal. And they both need to be enforced equally. Mm -hmm. Someone offers payment, there's an obligation to collect that payment. But without the obligation to collect that payment, it creates the debt. Mm -hmm. It creates the arrear which then refers to what you were talking about, about it all being about money. <clears throat> because there is no enforcement of collection. And so you, you're, you're, you're left without a job, <clears throat> but still laden with the, with, the, with the obligation to make payments. <clears throat> and, and that's where the, that's where the, the, the abuse uh, shows itself. And if you don't follow along, and you don't continue to make payments, then they'll come back. You know, they'll 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 take your they'll take your tax returns. Mm -hmm. uh, or they'll take your automobile if you have one. They'll close your bank accounts. Uh, if you got stocks and bonds, they'll confiscate that. And if you should live so long to retire, then your social security is tapped, which leads you then without money to sustain yourself. So. So you, you then have to go back into the taxpayer's pocket for public assistance, 
medical care, for this, that, and the other. And all that is an accumulative cost to what you pay as taxpayers into the, the annual operating budget, if you will, of, of these agencies, be it the courtroom, child support collection enforcement unit, ACS, CPS, the, 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 the Children's Law Center. They each have an annual budget of hundreds of millions of dollars to, to, to manage hundreds of thousands of cases. If we call that budget X, the number of cases Y, divide X by Y and you get Z, the cost per case that taxpayers spend annually. If four, five, six, 10 years go by, that's four, five, six, 10 years of uh, uh, taxpayers paying into an agency that hasn't done its job. <laughs> no one is looking for them or obligating them to do the job and, and they, they, they're immune anyway, all right? So for example, um, I think in 2012, it was, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make these numbers up, but I'm not I'm not far from the truth. In 2012, here in New York, um, the Child Support Collection Enforcement Unit was getting some 400 million dollars to handle 400,000 cases. X divided by Y, it's 10,000 dollars a case. Okay. From, oh, I think I, I I lost my video here. Uh, I, from, I see you. Well, I I see your 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 screen. Oh, okay. All right, but I'm trying. I don't to... see you. <laughs> there, there you are. are. <laughs> okay. Um. So, so you spend taxpayers are spending ten thousand dollars a case. Let's say it's my case. It's my case. Mm -hmm. Right. We're in the year twenty twenty three. You owe hundred. Uh, I owe one hundred sixty thousand dollars. Multiply that ten thousand times the years that have passed. And you'll find that you will have spent more than what, what the debt is worth. Now add that you're retired, as, as is in some cases, and, you, and your social security is tapped. So now you have to go through the same public uh, 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 taxpayer's pocket for the rent, utilities, telephone, transportation, food, EBT, as they call them here. And, and, and you find out how much more above the debt taxpayers are paying for, mm -hmm. for, for debt that, as I know from, from other cases, a solution may have been, may have cost no more than what a three minute phone call on a public phone. And I know that there are viewers who don't, who've never seen a public phone, so they don't know what I'm talking about, but 50 cents and in, to, uh, 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 in, a, in a public phone and what could have been found out in those three minutes is first of all, verify who your employer is, clarify to the employer what the, what the blockage is about and, and how they handled it. They could have collected whatever amount of money was owed that could be uh, um, subtracted from 
that those wages, they could have maintained the the call it the payment stream, the revenue stream from which to deduct the uh, um, uh, the amounts, and they could have kept that non-custodial parent employed, all for fifty cents. But there's no oversight, there's no accountability, mm -mm. and so they have no obligation to resolve uh, 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 the debt for 50 cents. And the consequence is, is that taxpayer then spend more than what the debt is worth. Go ahead. Exactly. And I also found out a couple of years ago that companies also partake of um, certain monies of the child support payment that is garnished out of someone's wages. So companies are also in it as well. So, so what has to be removed is the money incentive, mm -hmm. which is, which which uh, uh, brings into into focus that Title Four, mm -hmm. Title Four uh, of social of the Social Security Act. Right. Every dollar that's collected, the Child Support Collection Enforcement Unit receives an additional 66 cents. Now, now, we've been talking just about child support, but similarly, ACS, CPS, they all get a piece of that pie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, uh, the Children's Law Center, that's a, and, and the whole apparatus is supposed to function with the best, with the best interest of the children in mind. It mm -hmm. does. I know that I've met employees that said, but you know, we're really trying. I met one this past Father's Day who worked for ACS and, and they were telling me that um, um, that that they are looking into ways of trying to be less intrusive into the families, less, less um, for lack of a better word, less intrusive, but without putting the child's uh, um, life and safety at risk. That's admirable. Mm -hmm. That's admirable. And I'm glad that they're doing it, but that's internal. All right, we need external oversight. Mm -hmm. Here in New York, and, and this is probably a movie that, you, that you've seen, uh, the story of Detective Frank Serpico, mm -hmm. a New York City detective who was an honest cop. And when he realized that his fellow police officers, not it's not a vodka, it's not absolute, that there were police officers that were on the take, he was looking internally through the system to find one, he looked like biblical Job looking for one good man with an NYPD. Long story short, and, 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 and is that he didn't find it. Um, I don't want to spoil the movie to for anybody, but it needed external oversight. Mm -hmm. The family court apparatus, family divorce court apparatus needs the same thing. It's not enough for ACS, CPS, the Children's Law Center, the Child Support Collection Enforcement Unit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to sit among themselves and say, we gotta, we have to change. What do what can we change? How can we change it? And does it cause us to be obligated? Does it hold us accountable? And if it does, then it's not a solution. If it takes away that 66 cents, it's not a solution. So we got to find some other way of, 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 of bringing change 
or at least the perception of reform. Dirty underwear, clean behind. <laughs> clean behind, dirty underwear. Okay, vice versa, if I you know, said the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so this is why, uh, uh, among advocates, uh, oversight and accountability are paramount. Because the, under that, with the absence of that, you have, this is where you get the, the, the parental alienation. Mm -hmm. right, this is where you go, you know, the, the, the suicides come in. Uh, this is where, where um, people lose their minds, mm -hmm. their livelihood, um, they lose their lives. So they need to be held accountable much in the same way that surgeons, hospital administrators, nurses, orderlies, the cooks in the hospital and clinics, you know, those, uh, those kinds of things. And so this this is why change is necessary and not work. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, I know, yeah, I was told the Title IV D will probably also be an E, need to be repealed. So it would have to go through Congress to get repealed. But how many years is that going to take? How many generations? Exactly. How many generations? You know, um, among father, father advocates, uh, and I'm one of them, I, we, uh, we speak about gender inequality, particularly where it comes to, to reproduction and parenthood. We're talking about parenthood, the inequality of parenthood and the abuses. The inequality extends that, and I have to, and, and, and I have to paraphrase a portion of Barack Obama, of former President Barack Obama's speech in Chicago, when he mentioned that any fool can conceive directed at black men. I, I, I heard that and I immediately took offense as a man of color because science tells us, not Felix Leco Campos, not patriarchy, not anti-feminism, science tells us that it, that it takes two fools to conceive a child. Mm -hmm. And the equality in that leaves no, no dominance by either men or women, you're equal. We are equal. To maintain that equality, uh, we have to do away with the thinking of dominance, gender dominance. Single mm -hmm. fatherhood, such as it, it exists and its history, its history teaches that among humans, Parenthood is not contingent on sex nor gender role. Both genders, both sexes are equal. And, 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 and in recent times, I think earlier this year, it's been found out that children raised in single father households actually do much better than children would have otherwise done in single mother households. Mm -hmm. There were fewer dropouts, and with fewer dropouts that are more graduates, with, with fewer dropouts, there's less delinquency, teen pregnancy, uh, uh, gang life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I can't understand, and this is my, my, my personal stand, I can't understand why anyone would follow an ideology that would dictate to them that the better outcome to a pregnancy is to be aborted and not born and raised in a single father household. I don't understand it. The women who advocate for, for that, I question and I ask them, would you rather to have been aborted than born? And of course they don't answer yes or no. They just go off on, on, on a tangent and try to and try to deflect the the, 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 the the question because they don't they can't be honest. They cannot be honest. They they would they would be going against uh, uh, the ideology that if a woman doesn't want to be a mother to her child, the the uh, the de facto outcome should be abortion. So there's no inclusion of men in the decision to be parents. Men are denied the privilege of choosing to be. And so the only thing that's left when you don't have the privilege is the responsibility and the obligation. And the consequence of that is male abortion. Male abortion is a term that's used when there aren't, uh, when, the, when the biological fathers in particular are not in the household. So women can choose to be or not to be <laughs> uh, parents to their child. Why not also men? The difference between abortion is a gender difference. Mm -hmm. When a man aborts the child, that you and I are left standing on this earth. When a woman decides to abort a child, we would have never set foot on this earth, mm -hmm. which would be the preferable abortion. My opinion mm -hmm. is leaving me on this earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because history has proven that parenthood isn't contingent on sex and gender. So it's politicized, it's weaponized against men. And that's one of the reasons why men are the overwhelming um, population of non custodial fathers. Okay, I'll say this. <laughs> I myself am not for abortion, but I can think of 14 people that should have been aborted. I have a dark <laughs> sense of humor. <laughs> I've warned people. I should have warned you. I have a dark sense of humor. My dark passenger. It's okay. I, I, I love it. I, I, I love it. I, I, like, I like the kind of comedy that you have to pay attention to. <laughs> I like the Marx Brothers, uh, which, which is why I like uh, 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 Jack Burns and Allen. You know, a lot of these old, uh, old, older comedians, you have to pay attention to, to what they were saying. Um, Jack Benny has a has a has a skit where he's walking down the street, and a mugger pulls him into the alley and puts a gun to his to his to his head and says, "Your money or your life." Well, and Jack Benny says, "I'm thinking, I'm thinking." <laughs> right, <laughs> but you got to pay attention to it to understand the humor. You know, and, and and so that's the kind of it's that's dark humor as you call it, but it's humor, and I understand it. So I'm all for it. So be as dark as you want to okay. be. <laughs> well, you know, it's um, if if a woman wants to abort, um, and she doesn't want the kid, 
but the man does, okay, he doesn't have a choice. So um, then if a woman has a child and the man doesn't want to be a father, then I'm going to say something. What's that? He has no choice. Right. He's held responsible. He's held accountable. He's held liable for for the maintenance of a child. Mm -hmm. I include myself in hindsight Mm -hmm. for a child who may not be on this earth if if the woman doesn't want to be a parent. Mm -hmm. Now, rape victims, women with medical conditions, let's put those women to the side. Right. Okay. Because like children, you know, when they say it's about the children, it's about the children, and, and they use the children to hide behind, the agenda is hidden behind, well, what about rape victims? And what about women who, you know, that who risk who are at risk of losing their lives? For rape victims, let's put them to the side. Mm-hmm. I, I've been a teacher, and in my classroom experience, I've had children who are products of rape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a happy camper. Mm-hmm especially when the word gets out and they then you talk about bullying and teasing, mm-hmm. then they're the ones that are bullied and teasing because of who they are. Oh. And, and, and it doesn't surprise me or it didn't surprise me that these kids would be so hostile, so aggressive mm-hmm. towards other people considering what they've gone through from their families, from their circles of friends, if they have any, mm-hmm. their classmates. Okay, and some are just the opposite. They withdraw. Mm-hmm. They want to be invisible. This is a population that's predisposed to suicide mm-hmm. because of how they've been treated. You know, the, 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 the what they what they, what's put in their mind is that they should never have been on this earth. Mm-hmm. What that's what is that to tell a child? Mm-hmm. You should not have been on this earth. Imagine telling that to Albert Einstein. You should not have been on this earth. Tell, tell, imagine uh, 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 saying that to Sally Rye, who was the, was the first woman astronaut um, to go into space. Imagine telling her, you should not have been on this earth because you're a product of a woman. I sympathize. I empathize with women who are women. Rape is an act of life. And so I'm not for violence. <clears throat> and so I can I can teeter totter over a, a abortion for women who've been there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if you want to argue with me that there are women that are that run the risk of uh, losing their life because they suffer blood clots or because they have a narrow a birth canal mm-hmm. or any any one of a number of medical issues that women face, the answer to that is that you should have known about those risks before you chose to accept the invitation to have sex mm-hmm. put at risk. Mm-hmm. If you did not know, then that should be symptomatic that girls need to be re-educated. Mm-hmm. So that they come to be aware of those risks 
and and through their own medical uh, health care um, uh, oversight, they know whether or not they in particular are at risk, whether you in particular are at risk. And if you know that you are at risk, then you can make a better educated decision when the invitation to have sex is sent to you. Ambling men for wanting to be parents to children because the risk, for example, and, and, and there are many medical factors, all right? So so, so I, I don't take any of them lightly. Mm -hmm. What I do say is that if, here's, here's, here's an example, and it doesn't necessarily have to be accurate. Women with narrow hips have narrow birth, uh, birth, or birth canals, and so um, um, they, they run a 24% risk of losing their life if they choose to have children, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if it's the man with whom she chose to put herself at risk is who wants to be a parent to their child. Does that 24% risk jump to 24.1, 25, 26%? If it doesn't, the chances are the same as if she had been born. So from, from a, a male reproductive men's rights uh, advocate's position, if we're going to continue to make parenthood unilateral because of what risks women face when they're pregnant, then abdicate all responsibility, abdicate all obligations that are imposed on men to maintain children and let it be voluntary. Mm -hmm. And that reciprocates not having the equal privilege of choice to be a man. Mm -hmm. Now that but oh. the problem is is that now we see what what uh men's absence in the home uh causes it's, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the majority of those um, mass shooters <clears throat> that go into schools, libraries, their place of work were, 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 had something in common. And that is that they were raised in a single mother. Well, I worked in the ER when I did. Uh, before my job was rudely taken away from me based on false allegations. I saw, you know, several women come in who have had multiple births from multiple fathers who are probably collecting child support from these guys and working the system at the taxpayer's expense. So that I disagree with. I think um, they should completely get rid of Title IV-D, get the money out of the, out of the picture and see who really loves the child. Correct. And... Correct. In my case, and, and I, a motivator. right, money is a motivator. It's yep. an incentive. Oh yeah, and but they would come in with their nails done and stuff like that. But anyway, um, <laughs> in family court, there has been a rash of uh, these abusive judges taking away the child from the fit, loving parent and placing them with the abuser. Okay, then. Um, 
they go after this fit parent and we'll say, we'll use me as an example. I was the mother that they removed uh, based on false allegations of uh, she's crazy and parental alienation. And they took my kids away based on lies from a idiotic CPS caseworker. Anyway, <clears throat> what happened was with the child still being raised in a fatherless home, I'm telling you what, okay, because they took the kids away from me. So he dumped them on his parents. He dumped them on his wife who worked in the courthouse. These kids were left alone unsupervised. And they lost respect for authority. I would only get them every other weekend because, you know, I'm so dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. So so then what happened was eventually as time rolls on, uh, one of my kids was in a car accident. Luckily, no one was hurt, no one. But the other siblings showed up and, you know, the state police were there. The fire trucks were there. But uh, he went up to the state police officer and told him to fuck off. And the trooper told him to stand down. So he, 15 minutes later, went up to the trooper and repeated the same verbiage. And I heard this through, you know, um, the other sibling. And I'm going, if I had raised them, they wouldn't be talking to any cop or anyone like that. And um, so I called the state police and I totally brought up the case. And I I said, I want to send out an apology because this is what a family court judge did to me. And I was not able to participate in raising my children because had I been able to participate and we were at 50-50, like we had been for 10 years, um, they wouldn't be behaving like that or talking to a state trooper like that at all. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole parentless, um, when, when the government gets involved in your life and the family court system gets involved, everyone's getting screwed. And money's behind it. And money is the driver. It, it is the behind it. influence. Right. And, 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 and being the authority. Mm -hmm. Being above the individual. See, one of the things that we lose sight of in, in family divorce court matters is that it's the individual against an institution. The institution has the advantage because it is an entity that is continuous. Mm -hmm. So what one generation of, of that the institution can teach and pass on to the next generation is continuous. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's tweaked to, to meet uh, 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 the sensitivities of the day and they tweak it here, they tweak it there, but it's the same premise by the institution. As individuals, you have your your experience, and unless there are podcasts or or or, or media outlets such as such as yours uh, to to pass it on, it it begins and ends with you, just mm -hmm. as it would begin and end with me. So with every individual, it's start, stop, start, stop, stop, start. All right, and 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 it's not that way. With, with the institution, it's continuous. Um, in Manhattan Neighborhood Network in the 90s, there were two, two independent producers who, who produced um, a series, a weekly series on ACS. This is going back hmm. to the 1990s. Mm -hmm. What they were fighting and representing and bringing out into the open then is the same thing that you're doing through your podcasts. Mm -hmm. 
I had one father who I interviewed and I went to his home. He, at, um, at that time, his child was maybe a toddler. And um, he was trying to get visitation. ACS sent one of their caseworkers to his home. They saw the boy's toys. They saw the clothing that the boy, that the dad had bought for him, but that hadn't had the opportunity to give to his child. So he kept it at, at, at the house. <laughs> and the toys, he had an electric train set that he mounted for me. And it, and it went from the bedroom into the living room, under the coffee table, back into the bedroom. <laughs> But the kid had not had the opportunity to play with, to play with his, with his train, train set. Mm -hmm. When he went back to court, the caseworker told the judge that his household was unfit to have a child in the house because he had Bob Marley posters on the wall. Oh my like God. Kurt Cobain poster or a Jimi Hendrix poster or you're playing Janis Joplin music. God forbid. So because of that, he spent six years fighting for, for not just not just visitation, but it became a custody struggle that he finally won. And now his child is is is, is doing very well in school. Mm -hmm. When when he was on medication, when he was with his mom, mm -hmm. uh, he was in special ed. Uh, uh, classes when he was with his mom mm. and his dad and his dad argued the boy doesn't need any of that what he needs is a parent that won't use the child like we said uh, uh, um, to, to live off the public assistance and and, and, and other pub, uh, public uh, um, programs so that they can enrich themselves mm -hmm. right so now the boy um um I'm going to say at this point in time, he may be like seven, eight years old. Mm -hmm. He rides a um, motorcycle with his dad. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, he knows what he, it's, it's frustrating mm -hmm. when you're disregarding as an option for a, for, for a child to be on this earth first of And you go through the difficulties that men as non-custodial men go through. And, 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 I, and I empathize with them. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And I empathize with them because I, I, I've been through a lot of those. I've been through them. Right? I have been falsely accused Mm -hmm. of sexual misconduct of, of my own children in the presence of their grandparents. Mm -hmm. So I understand. And while I know that there are <clears throat> that there are women who are in similar situations, I know that the weight, <clears throat> the weight is on men. And unfortunately, that I think that my legacy has passed on to my children, my biological children, and those that I get. I have, I have, I tell people that I have five children, two girls, my biological children, and three older brothers. 
each of my children, each of the five, or let me say each of the four that I have uh, contacted are all in relationships with a significant partner, a wife, a husband, whatever the case may be, gentlemen to a be, where they're also raising not, raising not only their own children with their partner, but the children their partners have, the way that I do. That's my legacy. And it doesn't make a difference who the biological parent is. You're a significant part, like I like to think myself to of these children's lives. And they'll call you father. They'll call you dad. Or daddy O. Daddy O. Well, you brought up a good point um, with um, ACS going into someone's house and then calling them, calling him unfit. And the thing is, they also install parental alienation. That's correct. And they're the experts. They are. <clears throat> I was covering a case where essentially the same thing happened and they destroyed the bond between the 17 year old and the parents. And somehow this is allowed to go on. I mean, wh why don't they focus on th the child that was in the garage in the winter? You know why? I mean, things like that. They're not focusing on the serious abuse cases. They're going after this stupid uh, things they shouldn't even get their noses into. It's just, it, 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 it's, but it operates, it functions, it works as it was intended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and <clears throat> that's, that's the point that needs to be made. And underneath all that, that causes all of this is the absence of oversight and accountability. Mm-hmm. In the same way that when we, 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 we spoke about this earlier, in the same way that hospitals, doctors, et cetera, are held accountable, so should this institution of family division. Mm -hmm. Lives are at stake. Livelihoods are at stake. People's general, <clears throat> general well-being is at stake. People's mm -hmm. mental health is at stake. And they can act with impunity. Right, right. They're playing with people's lives. You know, what if what if 17% <clears throat> had been taken from the Child Support Collection Enforcement Unit for not having made a phone call to have resolved an issue that 50 cents would have resolved? Mm -hmm. Taxpayers would have, what could you do with $10,000 times mm. 14 years? Well, what also adds to this, when you said oversight accountability, they've got to look very closely at these child support judges. They are illegally tacking on whatever figure they want onto your arrears that you already can't pay because someone else made you lose your job. And there's no oversight or accountability with those judges, as well as the family court judges that put people in this position. There needs to be an overhaul. No, there, there's, there, you know, and 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 then they want to threaten you with with incarceration. Yep. Yep. All right. 
um, and 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 a lot of um, a lot of men who are regarded as being feminist males, um, they 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 just side with 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 with, com with complacency, with compliance. Mm -hmm. They don't change. They don't say, "Well, wait a minute, what do you mean?" It's a Jimmy. It's a poster for Christ's sake. Who cares if it, if it were the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or 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 or, or Muddy Waters or Beethoven? What difference does it make? It's music, and you're gonna judge me by what music I. It, it doesn't make any kind of sense, but mm -hmm. it makes sense. sense. Dollars and sense, but common sense is what um, what runs the system. Mm -hmm. And 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 undermining, you know, if if parental alienation had not been viewed as a mental as a health condition, uh, a, a mental health condition, it'd be as disregarded as other abuses by the system. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, you know, it, it does have a physical health risk component to it. Mm -hmm. that can be attached to the experience and the work of, of the institution, family, divorce, court, and all its tentacles, all right, to make it, to, to bring it above the the, the the mud, if you will, mm -hmm. for people to notice. And, and I'm all for it. What I'm cautious of is that it becomes the sole um, complaint, and when it's deemed that Parental alienation has been eradicated. All the other abuses are forgotten. And so what I tell other advocates, particularly those in the in parental alienation circle, I tell them, you got the lead. Bring those behind you, pull them up. Mm -hmm. Pull them up with you. You know how you're supposed to reach back and help those behind you? Mm -hmm. Don't treat parental alienation as an isolated and exclusive problem that's affecting millions of people and not any of the other, because it hasn't yet been discovered or, or hasn't yet been or related to, to, to physical health or mental health in particular, but that uh, um, uh, they're, just, they're just not thought mm -hmm. and, and, and the experiences including parental alienation, all have a mental health component to it. Mm -hmm. They all do. Mm -hmm. When the mental health deteriorates, then all the physical health also deteriorates. Yesterday, I don't know if I should name the program, but uh, I'll name the network. ABC had a morning show and the host topic was uh, manhood and fatherhood. Um, and she presented, it's the woman, the host is a woman. She presented um, a father and son who talk about vulnerability and how, and, and, and that's a catchphrase uh, in recent years that they want men to be more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But, what they describe or where they want men to be vulnerable may not be an area that men feel themselves vulnerable or 
to where they are vulnerable. Um, Ty Diggs, a, a, an actor, producer, writer, um, at one point in time had a TikTok little video where he's crying. He is crying because he hadn't seen his children in a year. That's vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, does that vulnerability include, um, is that vulnerability part of the vulnerability that this TV host wanted want, wanted to, to showcase? Hmm. When a pregnancy happens, and this is not to demean women, you can you know we can say things that that have no anger, that have no prejudice, that have no no bias, no fuck. He's vulnerable, mm -hmm. and the reason is that if Jurassic Park, forget one of the characters, but in Jurassic Park, one of the characters says that life always finds a way. Protected or not, pregnancies are going to happen. Mm -hmm. And when they do, men are vulnerable. Is this the kind of vulnerability that 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 this TV host and, and others wanted to, to stress? No. Why? Because it doesn't suit their political purpose. Mm -hmm. they, they, it doesn't shame, humiliate, ridicule men. Mm -hmm. Who don't support that? Who don't uh, uh, financially support their children? Who aren't in their children's life? So, an actor crying because they haven't see, haven't seen their, their child in a year, and that happens behind closed doors because there are no cameras. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when and your case comes up, and that heavy wooden door slams, you're vulnerable. It's a very good chance that no one sees you coming out. Yeah. When you see a rush of court officers all of a sudden running into a courtroom, uh oh, you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But these are gender differences. Where women are vulnerable, men don't have to be. Where mm -hmm. men are vulnerable, women don't have to be. So, but vulnerability is vulnerability. You're at risk. Mm -hmm. And men are also at risk. In, in certain situations and circumstances. But this is a question of gender equality, and equality has no preference. Mm -hmm. It has no favors. There are no teacher's pets, and it doesn't provide privilege to one over the other, not without proportional reciprocity. Which mm -hmm. now I'll go back to saying that it's an The decision, the privilege to decide to be a parent is unilateral then the other who is denied the privilege, although mm -hmm. capable and history can prove it, has no responsibility. Privilege mm -hmm. and responsibility coexist and they're proportional to them. The table might look slanted to you, but when you put a sphere, a rubber ball, or a baseball, or a basketball, any ball on that tabletop, it doesn't move. Why? Mm -hmm. But the, the, the table is level. The playing field is level. That's what we But the eyesight, the table looks slanted. Drip some water on it and see if it flows off the edge. If it doesn't, it's level. Everybody's equal. You know, and I, I've always, I'm glad you brought that up because I've always said, why pay on a horse you can't ride? 
Okay, so if you can't see your kids, why should you pay child support on them? And thank God for Morgan versus Morgan, which came out, uh, I think it was February 2nd, that that uh, came down that uh, the dad wanted to see the kids. He, um, he wasn't allowed to see them. Uh, there were game playing going on. <clears throat> so the judge um, can- canceled the child support or I can't remember how they worded it more properly legally, but I, why pay child support on a child that you're being um, withheld from and they're also teaching this child to hate you? Correct. I agree with that. You know, it's difficult. I know I know cases of, of again, dads whose visitation is limited to an hour and a half once a month. And it has to be supervised. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That whole thing it has to be supervised, and then the cost for whoever is supervising that visit comes out of the non-custodial father. It's not a lot of time to to poison a child's mind, let alone have a bond, create a right. bond in an hour and a half. Right. Okay. So the equality in this is that whosoever is the custodial parent, who, whosoever has the five days a week uh, of, uh, of access to the child is the one most likely responsible for poisoning that child's life, uh, mm-hmm. that child. But you can't, it's, you know, I mean, how well organized must you be to be able to poison a child's mind in just an hour and a half in front of somebody who's taking notes? <laughs> right, right. And some of these parents, are like, uh, I think I read, if I read this correctly, if I'm wrong, correct me, but um, Catherine Youssef-Kasanoff, she was paying 2500 a week in visitation just to see her daughters. Now, why? For kids. Yeah. And, and, they, and again, the father was alienating her from her children. The thing is, um, these visitation centers have got to go. Um, you know, if a judge doesn't have it figured out by now who the um, alienator is, you know, these judges don't need education because they already have enough education. They already know what they're doing. They already know who the alienator is and they're playing along because they know there's a lot of money involved. A lot of money involved. That's correct. As long as you can keep these cases open, you justify the tens of thousands of dollars um, that that the, the court's uh, or ACS, CPS, or the, the Legal Law Center. The, 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 the longer that you can keep these cases open, the, the more justification there is for the $10,000 that they get to manage per case. Hallie Berry, not Bailey, the actress who, who is starring now in, in, as the Little Mermaid, Hallie uh, Berry, um, had has quoted of saying of also um, saying that this child support is a racket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad she came forward and said that because she it's went a- back because uh, she felt the payment that she was being extorted from was too high. This is all Correct. extortion, and I'm glad she went back and fought it. And I know a lot of guys said, "Well, that's because she's a woman and she can get away with that." It's like, no, I don't care if it's a man or a woman, actress or actor stand up and go back and say this is too high and start forcing them to a standard of some sort it's illegal anyway extortion and that's what it is Ugh. 
It's you know it's seventeen percent of gross income is taken out of payroll. That's yep. All right, per child. Mm -hmm. Now you're paying seventeen percent, and this is before taxes. Now understand this: that even though that seventeen percent is taken out before taxes, the IRS still charges calculates your taxes on your 100%, your gross income. Right. Doesn't deduct the 17 from your gross income and then take it from there. Mm -hmm. They'll charge you, uh, uh, they'll calculate your taxes on the 100%. Now, 17%. It doesn't leave you like it does with so many people. It, it doesn't leave you with enough to subsist on the courts will tell you, well, go get a second job. Yeah. Okay. You go get a second job. Now that it's no longer 17% of one job. Mm -hmm. Now it's 17% of two. Right. Okay. And you're still left with insufficient monies for to, to, to sustain yourself. So now you go, as, they, as they'll tell you, you go underground, mm -hmm. off the books. You appear in court. The judge will tell you, or the, the opposing counsel will say, well, Your Honor, the cost of living is, is this. The two jobs that he has is that. How does he make ends meet? Mm -hmm. There's income that he or she is getting that she's not reporting. The judge will agree. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There has to be, there has to be a case, and so the judge will come down on you for withholding um, your income mm -hmm. that they can then charge a seventeen percent, not of three different income, but of three jobs. And also, it, it, oh, go it, ahead. It, it, it just, it just doesn't doesn't calculate to make any common sense, like you mentioned. That. Right. Um, even if a parent loses their job, like in my case, I no longer had my nursing <laughs> job. The judge had it in her thick head that I was still a full-time nurse, which I was never, ever full-time. I was always per diem. And so I could run the kids to their dental appointments and things like mm -hmm. that. Okay. But in her, she she didn't, I don't know, did she read the case? Did she look at the evidence? what the hell is she doing on the bench? If you, you know, if you can see that, you know, Hey, a parent involuntarily lost their job. Why are you still holding them a, uh, to a, a wage that, that they can that ever, ever make again, ever. They're doing this all the time. This is completely illegal. It's Ill, it, but it, it gets by because the judiciary looks out for one. Yes. Um, uh, if, Family for the talk about the black robe of uh, of silence. You know, I mentioned uh, Frank Serpico, and there's the 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 blue shield, the blue wall of silence, the brotherhood that you don't snitch, you don't squeal on a fellow police officer. Mm -hmm. You know those kinds of things. And the same thing, the same thing is is, is with family court. Mm -hmm. um, I and, and, and I'm going back. I'm going back to the 1990s when I was when I had hair on my head and it was black. Um, I, I I also worked as a per diem here in New York City. 
And I remember then, I don't know if, if, if it's still the case now, but I remember then I would get phone calls at home at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning from the uh, the board or the then Board of Education, not called the Department or whatever it is, of Education. I would get a phone call and it was always the same woman. He would say, are you available to work today? I said, yes, I am. I didn't take a full-time job because at the time, <laughs> my, uh, my my wife had to be downtown. She worked in the financial district and she had to be at, at her office at 8 in the morning. So at 7.30, when she had to be on the train platform to go, go to work, schools aren't open. And, and we're talking about you know preschool kids. So I said, look, listen, look, um, I have I have my my per diem license. I can work per diem. I can always start after eight o'clock. So I would take my chance. Mm-hmm. And and other kids in the neighborhood, we would just go trekking through the park um, to, to, to the center. This woman would call me. Are you available to work? Yes, I am. I'd show up. The following day, she would call me. Look, the same school would would like to have you back because they like how you. Okay, I, it didn't make a difference, you know. But I have to take my child to work, uh, to school. So <clears throat> just show up. Third day comes around, and she would call me and said, "Look, the same the school asked for you by name." <laughs> and this had happened with other schools because I was per diem and I didn't always work in the same school. So I, I, I scratched my head, which is probably why I'm bald now. <laughs> And and I asked her, well, well, why are they asking? Why are they asking for me by name? And she told me, because you go back a second and third day to the same problem school. To the, to be a teacher, a per diem teacher to the same problem class. And what's more, she was told, you at least kept those kids in the classroom. Hmm. Okay. So, so if that's a legacy, that that that's a legacy. But I was working per diem. I was being charged as a per, as a fully licensed teacher on the per diem side. That didn't make any wow. sense. Uh uh-uh. uh Wow. It didn't make any common sense. When 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 I was accused of sexual inappropriate behavior to, to my own I was told was was the well forensic evidence says that there are that there were bruises or marks or scratches mm. never did but they went on that and the judge told me this happened to others that if I contest the ruling in family court, they will take that docket to criminal court. And then I'll be charged criminally for whatever, you know, rape, uh, sodomy, whatever it is, in criminal court, which means that I would have been arrested Taken to, to to lock up, and for if you don't know, or your viewers, in the high in the prison hierarchy, 
the most bottom rung of pedophiles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? They either commit suicide in, anticip in anticipation of avoiding being abused, or they're murdered in prison. But oddly enough, the honor among thieves is that you don't you don't abuse, you don't rape, you don't sodomize, you don't do these kinds of things to children. Mm -hmm. The younger the children, the more you're at risk. Mm -hmm. I would have been at risk. Mm -hmm. Just on the accusation alone. And the accusation of rape, the false accusation of rape is big. Bigger than what anyone would want to admit. Mm -hmm. Here in New York, not too long, but this is 2023, so I'm thinking maybe 2021, 22, there's a South Bronx female rapper by the name of Cardi B who admitted to having done what at that time Bill Cosby, the entertainer, had been charged with and had denied. She was rewarded. She got a grand. He was punished. He, he he was facing two to eight years of incarceration. This is an 80-plus-year-old man fighting uh, the charges of, of false allegations of rape and saying, I would rather face the two to eight years than to admit to having done something that, that I hadn't done. Decades earlier, in 1819, 1989, here also here in New York, five black and brown teenagers had been incarcerated for having beaten up and raped a jogger in the north end of Central Park. They were exonerated. Now they're, they're now called the exonerated five. Mm -hmm. Someone, a suspect in an unrelated case had admitted to having done what they were accused of. Mm -hmm. And that's what got them exonerated. Mm -hmm. Here's my point in terms of false allegations. Mm -hmm. Had that suspect's admission had been dismissed, disregarded, and ignored as Cardi B's admission to having done what so many men are accused of, and in many instances falsely mm -hmm. in the year 2023 there would still be five falsely accused wrongfully convicted and unjustly incarcerated mm -hmm. teenagers lives are at stake and all for for money and dominance mm -hmm. Money and dominance. And those things, those two things have to be eradicated. They have to be addressed. Mm -hmm. um, equality isn't a one-way dead-end street with two-way traffic. Mm -hmm. It goes both ways. Otherwise, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be equality. Follow whatever thing you want. It wouldn't be equality. Mm -hmm. And so when when parental alienation um when, when as, as you mentioned, the child support, uh, when, when those issues come up, we have to look at the at the institution. We have and, and uh, we have to look at the policies, the practices, the procedures, the laws, to to assure ourselves that they haven't been corrupted, that they haven't been usurped, 
or that they're not used for empowerment purposes. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and those that are guilty of it should should be held accountable, mm -hmm. whether it's an institution or an individual. I agree. Well, I'm so glad I had you on because I'd like to have you come back on my podcast again. My pleasure. Because I think uh, we, we I think we can talk all day about this. <laughs> and we can go we can go from one stream to another and come back because we we realize that they're all intertwined, that they're all related, that they're not isolated instances of anything, mm -hmm. that they all have something to do with one another that affects people's mental health. When yes. the mind goes, the body's going to follow. Mm -hmm. Now, we, I'm sorry to mean interrupt you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, where can people reach you if they have any questions? Um, they can reach me but via email. My email address, I, I don't have a, a, a parental anything advocate page or, or anywhere. All right, but I do subscribe to to several of them, and 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 so uh, email is, uh, is is probably the best. Okay, uh, and excellent. Felix F E L I X underscore Leo L E O underscore C at Hotmail, and if they put you know you know Marianne in the subject line. Or, or or slam the gavel on the subject line on the subject line, then I know that they're coming through you and and I, you know I, I I won't just chuck them into the the delete file. Okay. Well, I'm so glad. Um, we're gonna talk again, but um, please by all means. By the way, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I've done short videos um, that you can now find. People can now find. On YouTube, you can just type in my name, Felix Leo Campos, C A M P O S, on YouTube. My page will come up. And among uh, excerpts from television shows that I've done, excerpts from uh, uh, my reel that I've posted, you'll find videos like um, um, Daddy's Old Shoes. Uh, I did a video about alienation with a, with a dad from Long Island. Uh, and, and you'll see clips also of um, uh, marches and advocacy, um, civil disobedience videos that I participated in and helped to highlight. But you can also look me up on YouTube. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, don't thank jump off. It's an honor. Oh, well, you're coming back on. <laughs> Slam the gal is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Join us again here in the future with Felix Leo Campos and other exciting guests. And uh, I totally thank you. You can find my, um, my channel here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Anchor FM and iHeartRadio. Thank you so much, Felix. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to, to meeting you in person. Like I said, I have family in, 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 Penn, in Penn State and Pittsburgh. And so um, cool. we'll, see, we'll catch up with one another. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you.